Welcome to a life-transforming message from the Pottersville International Ministry. Our messages are heaven-breath, Holy Spirit-inspired, and destiny-changing for the transformation of individuals and society. As you listen, may you be blessed and positioned to take your place in life and be prepared for eternity. Can I hear a believing amen in the house? Let me hear an amen that is not asleep. Let me hear a Jericho breaking. Amen. Everlasting Father, we thank you. We give you praise. Father, speak to your children this morning. Let our lives never remain the same. Do what only you can do. Have your glory this morning. In Jesus' name we pray. When I think of the goodness of Jesus and all he has done for me my very soul my very soul believe that tonight, uh, today, as we take the communion, that there will be a saving grace of God. Amen. I didn't hear your amen. amen. When I think of the goodness of Jesus and all he has done for me For healing me, for healing me, for healing me. For healing me. For healing me. I believe God this morning that there will be healing in the house. (laughs) When I think of the goodness of Jesus. night that they left Egypt, the Bible said that God said, I would take my revenge against the gods of Egypt. I'm believing God this morning that every power that has held any man bound, any woman bound, this morning as we take communion, God will take his revenge against that power in the name of Jesus. Father, we release ourselves unto you. In Jesus' name we pray. Please go and sit down. Hold your mic. Hold your mic. Clap for all the choir members. We'll call them the throne touchers and they would always touch the throne of heaven in the name of Jesus. This morning, before I speak, let me just show you a small video. I don't know how many of you saw the video. I don't know how many of you saw the video. I want to see the video. Did you see that man? You see? 
The beautiful thing about it was that you were the one that made it happen. The things, the things that you almost considered to be not good enough, some people, could, some people under the weight of what they carried, they were falling down. Imagine if all of us make up our minds to transform the world. What would it be like? Praise the Lord. How many of you were really excited to see the church be a blessing to the community last week? You understand? How many you saw people who came and they looked, I mean, they were genuinely happy. They were genuinely touched. How much did we say we should say 200 naira? They were so glad to have it. Praise the Lord. But who made it happen? You made it happen. It tells me a story that if, if we make up our minds to transform this world, this world will be transformed. Do you, do you believe that? And today I'm going to talk to you about the fact that I want God to enlist you and I into God's army. What did I say? That I want God to enlist you and I into where? God's army. I don't know how many of you know that we sing the, uh, we always say the frontliners pledge every time. So when Pottersville started, one of the things that God shared in my heart was the fact that a lot of churches have members. A lot of people have believers. But he do not have disciples. So the question always was, in fact, the question was, how many Christians, even in the church I was pastoring then, he asked me, will be like Leah Shaibu. When they say, deny Jesus and be free, I would say, I will never deny him. And the question even also to you today is, if you were given an opportunity to deny Jesus, would you deny him? Would you deny him just for earthly pleasures? So the question was, how do we raise up an army of believers, of frontliners? We call them frontliners. People who are in the front line of the battle. I remember a story someone shared with me. He said, there was this guy, Evely Presley. I many of you have heard about him before, Evely Presley. He used to be an American, uh, what do you call it, rock and roll. They said, anytime he sings in a place, that people will be screaming after he has left. That people will be screaming, people will be excited. And if the people want to, if the organizers of the show want the people to go, they'll say, Elvis has left the building. Elvis has left. Come and go home. <laughs> okay, come and go home. It dawned on me that the church too has left the building. What did I say? The church has left what? The building. The church has to be in the place where the people are. If people see you, can they see Jesus? If people see me, will they see Jesus? Remember the Bible says that ye are the epistles that men read. It's not the Bible that you carry. It's your life that is the epistle. It's your life that actually shows that God is Lord or God is not God. The choices you make in the marketplace are the, are the epistles that men read. You are the epistles. People read you and say that I will decide to follow God. People can read you and decide that that your God do I don't ever go there. You know, it's not impossible that some of you, because of your behavior, your, 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 your compound, nobody will follow you to church. Is, it not impossible? Is that possible? Yeah. Ah, they see that you're a fighter. They say, ah, no, 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 no. <laughs> I remember a story one day went to settle a, a matter with a man and a woman in one of our former churches. And you know, I was begging the landlord. I said, God, they said that it was anger that made the man beat his wife because the man beat his wife. And I said, stop, where should go? So the man said to me, no. He said, it's not anger. You know what the man said to me that day? He said, that guy does not have the problem with anger. Like, if he has anger problem, he will have slapped someone in the office. And will have sacked him. So if he's still keeping his job, it means that he doesn't have anger problem. And he works in the bank. So he doesn't have anger problem. Because you know, customers can be very annoying. You understand? And if he has not slapped a the customer, then he doesn't have anger problem. 
But he said, you know the woman? He said, if the woman abused a dead body, the dead body will wake up. He said, the devil will just wake up and say, I refuse to die again. You understand? And the question was, what was the testimony? So I, as a pastor, I was so ashamed that I was their pastor. That what impact would we have had in their lives that all they could do was that they were fighters. You know, remember, uh, was it this one? I said, Jetulady Nimi Okisha fighter. I mean, I'll be wrong. But you see, well, that was the that was the that was the um that was the testimony that they had. They had the testimony that they were fighters. You and I are the test, you and I are the what are the epistles that men will read. It's not the Bible. You understand? You see, when you get to the office and you start reading your Bible, decide that that one is abuse of office hours. You yourself, you are the Bible. Let people read you and they will know that Jesus is Lord. Let them see you, see how you behave. Now, so the question that arose, that, and, and that's one thing that came up again. Somebody came to us last week and was talking to me and said, Pastor K, he said, if I go through, if I went through what I went through in life, I think you should start talking to people about, especially the men, about how to take care of women. So I said, ah, how, do, how would we talk to men about how to take care of women? He said, because if I was not a Christian, I would have left my home. And I know that she's someone who is very respectable and responsible. It dawned on me that what kind of stories are we teaching the men? What kind of stories are we teaching the women that are making majority of the marriages not work today? Majority of the marriages not work. So I said to myself, I said, can we enlist people in God's army that there will be a different generation of people that will transform this world? The truth about it is that it's like the army of Israel and uh, Russia and uh, what do you call it? Russia and uh, Ukraine. Whether you want to fight or you don't want to fight, the war will still come to you. Yesterday, the, uh, they told us that uh, Hamas attacked Israel. Israel did not fight, but Hamas came. So it's not whether you want to fight, you understand, or not. The enemy will come. I've ever occurred to you that the enemy is going around looking for whom to devour. I've ever occurred to you that we are in a spiritual warfare. If you don't know, just tell yourself you want to fast tomorrow morning. And that's when the enemy will come at 8 a.m. with hunger pangs. Normally, you don't even eat till 2. And you never, the day you want to fast, is that the day? Eight, it's 8 o'clock, it will start very early. The enemy has 2,000 years post Calvary experience in dealing with Christians. 2,000 years post Calvary experience. He knows what to do. But how do we raise up an army? How do we raise up an army that will fight this battle with us? And to tell you the truth, you understand, you and I should know that we're in a very bad situation in this land. Do you agree? You understand? I was telling my wife yesterday, I said, the, the agreement is that by December 2024, that dollar will be 2,000 naira to a dollar. 2,000 naira to a dollar. And I said to myself, I said, where is the solution? Where is the solution? At 1,000 naira to a dollar, people are still, people are like gasping for breath. At 2,000 naira, what would it be? And they're looking at it by 2024 December. That would be the solution. So I said to myself, I said, I need to start talking to the church about how to live beyond that life. True or false? I need to tell the church how to prepare and how to win. Because if the economics are saying that this is where the dollar will go to, then it's up to us to prepare and how to win. And that's why I'm asking that. Would you join the army of the living God? There's an army that was, that was in the Bible. I don't know if you know the army. 
in Judges chapter 6 and Judges chapter 7, the story of Gideon's army. And the Bible tells me that one day the Midianites were coming to destroy the children of Israel. And the Midianite army never came to Israel unless they were harvesting their products. So it tells me that the enemy is not necessarily against you. It's against your increase. But the enemy wants to make poverty of men. You understand? He goes against your increase. In fact, I was telling someone, I said, do you know that if the enemy knows that he cannot stop you from earning money, he will stop you at the place of investment. That he will make sure that you will do useless investments that will waste your money. Praise the Lord. So the enemy is always against the, the children of God prospering. And that was the same thing. The Midianites, in Judges chapter 6, the Bible says that the Midianites were, uh, uh, Israel had committed a sin against God and God had put them into the hands of the Midianites. What was the solution? God was going to talk to Gideon. <laughs> Gideon said, God, Namio, no be somebody else. My family is the poorest in Manasseh. I'm the last in my father's house. And my family is the poorest. So that means that not only am I the last in my family, my family is the last in Manasseh. Manasseh is the least in the, in the, in the tribes of Israel. So it's three, is is the least raised to power three. So how do you think you want to come and become, how do you think I'm the one that will come and become the deliverer? <laughs> and God said, I am with you. That was all. Today I want to look at seven spiritual secrets from that Gideon's army in Judges chapter 6 and Judges chapter 7. Because of our communion, I will have just read all the, all the verses, but I want you to go and read the verses when you get home. But I saw several things that I want to share with you as you are enlisting into God's army. I am enlisting you into God's army. The frontliners, the people that will take the battle into the land, 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 and into the land. Pottersville, the battle that our fathers face is different from the battle that we're facing. Do you agree? In our father's time, you, I mean, one day, the first time I traveled to the United States, I sat down, they gave me uh, a remote control and I was trying to check a channel. I had a thousand channels to choose from. I became confused. You understand? Me that I was used to, how many channels in Nigeria? Maybe eight channels on NTA. Understand? And I have a thousand channels. I just closed the thing and I went to sleep. So you could see that in the days in which we're dealing with, we're dealing with very few challenges. These days we're dealing with multiple challenges. We're dealing with challenges that people would say that there are men that even though they are female, even though they are female. So we're not having transgender. And if you talk too much now, they abuse you. They say that you are gender biased. Praise the Lord. Oh, before it used to be only homosexuality. But now, nowadays, you go to, uh, what do you call it? You go to uh, toilet. You don't even know whether it's male or female you will see there. Or somebody else. Now, they say they have like 26 types of genders. They are known, male, female, by different kinds of gender. And this is the same life that you and I are facing. You see, I was sharing with someone, I said, in the days of the disciples, the battle was either Caesar or Jesus. Caesar or Christ. When the disciples go to a house and they knock to the house, I said, you know, when they knock, they said, nowadays they say, Salam Aleikum Abi. When they knock, they will say that, the first thing they will say is what? 
Jesus is Lord, uh, Caesar is Lord. So when they knock into a door, they say Caesar is Lord. The Christian will say, no, Caesar is not Lord, Jesus is Lord. That meant death for them. Today we don't have such things. But it also means that there are times that we cannot say Jesus is Lord because our food will be questioned. There are times we go to places and we cannot open our mouth and say Jesus is Lord because if we say that, we may lose our jobs. We have to be politically correct. But so we are facing a different kind of battle. We are facing battles of philosophies. The philosophy that says that everybody is all about themselves. Nobody's thinking, oh, it's not only about me, but about God. I was sharing with my mom recently. I said, when we were growing up, we had many people that stayed in our house. Many people. At that time, maybe 10, 15 people. But I see that in our generation today, people are not keeping people in their houses. Eh? Is it, is it true? Nobody's keeping anybody in their houses. But do you know that that was what kept the society going? So now, if everybody's individualistic, if, if failure or mistake or something comes, the person is alone. So there's a lot of suicide thinking in the land. But in those days, if something does not go right, you remember that, oh, my father's brother is in Lagos. Let me go and stay with him. And she will not catch me. And you will go to your father's brother's house. And you will be there until you recover. But nowadays, there's nobody to go to. So things have actually changed. And the battles have actually changed. And we need to understand. People, people are selfish. Men are lovers of themselves. Lovers of pleasure. Praise the Lord. If there's a show, if there's a football match today, you understand, I'm sure that half of the people will not come to church and they will tell pastor, pastor, I was just tired this morning. He said, like, they wanted to watch football. So the question is, what, how can, what kind of army can we raise? Church. To tell me that this world, this Nigeria that you and I belong to needs an army of believers, of disciples of Jesus. The last election was the greatest proof to me. You see people in the same church believing the same Jesus but taking ethnic configurations, uh, taking ethnic places. Same church, same Christ. Whereas, where I read in my Bible, they said they were called believers, they were called Christians first at Antioch because they followed someone, they didn't follow their tribe. It wasn't whether they were Igbos, they were Yorubas, they were, they were Fulanese. They were Christians. Nowadays, ah, even in church, they have Christians, they have Muslims, they have, they have Yorubas, they have everything inside, inside church. It means that we're no more followers of Jesus. We're having our identity from our ethnic side. So even in the land, as many as you see a lot of Christians, you don't see uh, church-going people. You don't see Christians in the land. Because if we have Christians, we'll have people that draw their identity from Jesus, not from their tribes. But the question is, if I even ask you, do you draw your identity from your tribe? Do you see yourself as an Igbo man, a Yoruba man, an Edo man? Do you see yourself like that? Or you see yourself as a follower of Jesus? Therefore, everything that everything that, that drives your decision is that because I follow Jesus, I cannot do that. Praise the Lord. So that's why we're here today. And that's why we're here. That can I enlist into God's army? So there was an army that was also brought up in, uh, what do you call it, in Judges chapter 6 and Judges chapter 7. And um, I don't know if I had the time, but my time is really, really, the way my time is flying, I really don't know whether I see that time does not fly when I'm not in church. When I'm on the altar, it flies. 
I don't know. I don't know what I should do about that. Praise the Lord. So let's go to um, he, uh, what do you call it? Uh, Judges chapter six. Praise the Lord. So from Judges chapter six, the Bible talks about the fact that the Midianites always gathered, and in verse five they came with their cats and tents, and they came as grasshoppers for multitude, and they always entered into the land to destroy it. That the challenge for the people of Israel was that they were always destroying Israel. And they always came at the time of where? Of harvest. So that means that all their energy, all their labors were always wasted. And they were improvising the country of Egypt, of, of Israel. Now, so when God told Gideon, he was going to face 100,000 soldiers in verse 7, chapter 7, because of our time. Please, Read the Bible when you get home. Then Jerubabel, who is Gideon, and all the people that were with him, rose up early and pitched beside the wall of Harod, so that the host of the Midianites were on the north side. And the Lord said unto Gideon, These people that you have are too many for me. You understand? Now, for verse 3 says, Therefore, proclaim in the ears of the people, say, Whoever is fearful and afraid, let him go and depart from Mount Gilead. So, about 32,000 people came to meet Gideon and said they were going to fight. And when Gideon asked, how many of you are afraid? How many of them left? left? 20,000 people left. Do you know? So, so, as I was looking at this, I said, let me talk to you about seven spiritual principles I saw here. You know the first principle? The first principle? Hello, church. Are you hearing me? Yes, sir. So, can you hear me? Okay, good. So, let me tell you about seven. And I want you to write it down because I took time to think about this very well. God always uses tough times to draw attention of men. Praise the Lord. So if you look at verse 5, um, chapter um, 6, Judges chapter 6, when, in verse 11, and there came an angel of the Lord and sat on, under an oak, um, which was in opera, that pertained unto Joash, the Abbey's right, and his children, and his son, Gideon, Treshed with by the wine price to hide it from the Midianites. Verse 12, look at it. And the angel of the Lord appeared unto him and said unto him, The Lord is with thee, thou mighty man of valor. Did Gideon look like a mighty man of valor? Was he not hiding? The mighty man of valor hide? That tells me that God does not look at you with your weakness. He looks at you at the strength in which he's projecting in your life. So it's, it's an offense for you to look at your life and determine your life not by the things you, uh, not by the things that God is calling, but by the things you are seeing about yourself. Praise the Lord. Now, and verse fourteen, and the Lord looked at him. Oh, oh, sorry, verse. I'm, and Lord, and the angel of the Lord appeared unto verse twelve. The Lord is with thee, that mighty man of valor. And Gideon said unto him, Oh my Lord, if the Lord be with us, why then is all this befalling us? Most times. People always think that because God is with you, not, uh, things that befall you because God is not with you. And I hope in Pottersville we've agreed that the presence of God is not the absence of storm, but that what? But that the storms will not prevail. The presence of God is not the absence of storm, but that the storms will not what? Prevail. So, God allows storms to draw our attention. God allows challenging circumstances to draw our attention. It's almost impossible to get a man's attention unless you attack something that is important to him. 
A lot of us will never come to church if God had not used something to draw attention to him. It may be a problem. It may be a lack of promotion in the office. It may be the fact that we want something from God. It may just be the fact that maybe a husband refused to come or a wife has refused to come. Or the fact like me that I became a Christian when it dawned on me that I was almost going to get a third class in school. Then I realized that, ah, there's a God. Let me just go to church. Let me stop pushing all these, all these guys and all these girls in the world. Let me, just, let me go back to church. And when I saw for third class pushing me like this, I said, it's time to go to church. So it may just be something. So God, God uses challenging circumstances to draw us into what? Into him. Praise the Lord. And, but please, always remember that there are lots of philosophies about life, but there's this philosophy I like most. You understand that? that Whatever does not kill you would always make you a better person. So as long as you are alive, like we wrote on our board, you are not done. So you cannot give up. Praise the Lord. So please, just always know that. And my, my late dad used to say something. He said, when you hear a gunshot, that's not a time to be afraid. Because it was only the living that heard the gunshot. If the gunshot had killed you, you wouldn't have heard. So that's not a time to be afraid. But God always uses challenging times to do what? To draw attention. Number two, see this thing I saw from Gideon's army, and which I'm going to ask you, is that God does not use the significant people or the talented people, but he used the surrendered people. Praise the Lord. You know, Gideon said, I am the smallest in my father's house. My, fa my family is the poorest in Manasseh. Manasseh is the, in fact, Manasseh is half tribe. It's even the full tribe. Is half tribe. Praise the Lord. My family is what the smallest in the land of in the, among the tribes of Israel. But God was going to use the smallest thing. You know what? Because God can use this the the foolishness of the world to confuse people. Praise the Lord. God does not call the strong and mighty. Matthew chapter 26 from verse, uh, from 26 from verse 14. He doesn't call the strong and mighty. He doesn't call the great people. He calls the surrendered people. Pottersville, am I talking to surrendered people that will surrender their lives to him? Because if you surrender your life to Jesus to use in this generation, God will blow you mightily. The difference in men is how surrendered they are to Jesus. And the question is, would you be surrendered to him? So Gideon was surrendered, and that's why. Number three, God is not interested in giving us victory as much as he is interested in making us trust him. Because if it was only victory, God could have used the 30,000 men. But he wanted Gideon to actually trust him. But you know the amazing thing about it? When he went on, if you look at the next uh, verse, when Gideon came back from chapter 7, he still told them, he said, this many people are too much for you. He said, this many are too much for you. So God is, God's, God's, um, God's plan is not necessarily victory as much as you and I should learn to trust him. Do you know why money is such a powerful thing? Money is what a lot of people trust. Not God. People trust money. Not God. How do I know people trust money? The day you don't have money in your pocket, will you be happy? Because you trust that money is the one that will make you comfortable. Whereas, if you actually trust God, you will know that my tomorrow is okay, even if I don't have money in my pocket. But it's so tough to teach that in church because all of us actually think that money is... is if, if, if I don't steal as much money as I want, then my future is not alright. 
And that's the philosophy that drives people that go to the offices and they steal money. I was sharing with someone. I said, imagine the government selling um, one billion dollars to someone at 452 Naira. Whereas the going rate in the market was 700. But in less than one month, after less than three weeks after that transaction, I'm sure they have not even done that transaction. The market became like 900. So in one transaction, somebody could have made 500 billion Naira. The question is, what do you want to do with 500 billion Naira for the rest of your life? You understand? But people trust money that, ah, if I don't steal it, I, my future cannot be okay. But if you trust God, you will know that you may steal money, not you, your enemy, and a cancer will come and money cannot answer that cancer. And that money will fail. Praise the Lord. <laughs> There's one of the governors in Nigeria today who has cancer and is virtually been written off. Why? Money fail it. And money can still fail. We have not seen money fail. We saw it fail during the election now. We saw it fail during the, what do you call it, uh, COVID. We saw it fail, fail when we were doing that money, what do you call it, that uh, cashless society. Money fail, Abi. Abi, money fail because some people have money and still do not buy things. They could not access money failed. Praise the Lord. God wants you and I to trust him. Is that okay? So, and that, that's, what, that's what the frontliners will do. Number, number four thing. Great things are done when you don't take counsel of your fears. You know, Gideon was also afraid. Do you agree? But he did not take the counsel of his fears. He took the counsel of God. I don't think, I think in our lives, it's not that we're not afraid of what's going to take place tomorrow, but we don't let the fear stop us from moving forward. There are times you want to take a decision in life and you're afraid that what if it does not work? You don't take your counsel of your fears, but you take your counsel of what has God said to you. You know when God told Abraham, he said, leave this land. I will show you. God, come to, come to a land that I will show you. Hebrews chapter 11 verse 8. <laughs> the Bible says that Abraham didn't even know where he was going to. Do you think Abraham was not afraid? Do you think Abraham was not afraid? Let me tell you that Abraham was afraid. He carried lots. Let me tell you all that thing that he was afraid again. Everywhere he went to, he kept giving them his wife and denying his wife. That thing was, was the man of fear. But that's the man, what the Bible called the man of faith. So because he didn't take counsel of his fears, he took counsel from the promises of God. What has God said concerning you? What is God's word concerning you? The enemy's greatest thing is to stop you from reading the Bible so that you don't know what God is saying about you. Trust me, you can spend 10 hours on Instagram, but it's tough to spend 10 minutes in the Bible. True or false? You can spend 10 hours watching Asena, but spend 10 minutes in the Bible will be tough. Don't take counsel of your fears. Now, can I go on? So the fifth one is that bigger is not always better. Bigger is not what? Bigger is not always better. Because the because something is bigger does not mean that it was better for God to use. God was not interested in the bigger thing. He was interested in something that is surrendered to him. So that's why the fact that there were 30,000 people, God pruned them to how many? To 300. Praise the Lord. Now let me tell you this one that is more important for people in Portersville. The sixth one. You cannot be too small for God to use, but you can be too big for God to use. 
You know, God said, I cannot give these people, there are too many. It tells me one thing that it's possible for you and I to be full of pride that God cannot use us. But we cannot be too small for God to use. But we can be too big. We cannot be too small, but we can be too big. Pottersville, he looks as if we are small presently. But we are big enough for God to use. Praise the Lord. And God is going to use us in the name of Jesus. But do you know who God actually used? So when those men came, the soldiers, God told them, time did not allow me to, because I, I still have communion to do. The soldiers, they all knelt down and sat down. Do you know what happened to them? Some people were looking at the water and drinking straight. Some people were looking up and lapping like a dog. You know what they were doing? They were watching and praying. They were watching and praying. Water is good. Water was, is a gift from God. But water should not take your eyes away from the fact that you are facing an enemy. Most times, most blessings of God takes your eyes away from the blessing. It takes your eyes away from the warfare. And God was saying that people that get distracted cannot be, ent- cannot be entrusted with the army of the living God. So those that kept looking at the water, focused on the water, looked at the water, went through the water, they were disqualified. But those that were lapping, bending down, taking the water, making sure that they were looking around. They were drinking the water, but they were still looking around. Are there people coming? Are there enemies coming? He said, watch and pray. Be vigilant. Your adversary is like the devil. He's walking around looking for whom to devour. So you're not, you not, you not careless. You're watching. You're watching. In those days, if you sleep, if you take your eyes off the battle as a Roman soldier, you could be killed. What happened? Those that lapped were lapping like a dog were the ones that God used. The last principle, focus. Focus is the most important thing in the armies of God. Focus is what will allow you to enter into this battle. Pottersville, these are seven things, seven mysteries I saw in this, in this thing. And once you and I do those things, we're ready for God to use us to turn this world upside down. Believe it or not, I'm saying so here now. Very soon, you will see us attack this culture of this land. Men and women who have given ourselves straight to God and said God is all we have. We do not care any other thing. God is all we have. And because God is all we have, and God is all we need, and God is enough, and God will show up. That's what the armies of God is. The enemy is going around. The enemy is destroying people. The enemy is destroying nations. It's destroying families. America is not safe. Canada is not safe. And you think they are safe? Go there, you see people. Nigerians who are going there, they are making money. But they are afraid to carry their children to school because what they are teaching their children is, is heresy. No. Heresy. And you cannot bring your children back. You just, just take it like that. America, wahala. Now they can, they've canceled all the flights to Egypt. The world is full of wars. And Jesus told us, when you hear wars and rumors of war, the end time is about to come. What does the end time tell us to be prepared for? Let's, let's raise an army for this end time. The army for this end time. That's the army you and I, God is calling us to enlist ourselves into. No more time to be sleeping. No more time. I, we don't need people to come. I don't need you to come and warm the chair. I need you to go into the world and tell them and proclaim to the world that Jesus is Lord and Jesus is enough. 
would you join the army of the living God? Would you join the army of the living God? Let me tell you the amazing thing about it. Do you know that no one goes to battle on his own accord? The day you join God's army is the Lord himself that will have to take care of you. All soldiers, the uniform they wear, I mean, I saw with Nigerian army, when Nigerian army was Nigerian army, not, when, not now, when they are when they are full of the army. When they were Nigerian army, I saw it. Soldiers, everything they wear, everything, everything they will wear is the army that will provide for it. In fact, the army so deceived them that they will take care of them even in retirement. So they never plan for the future. That's why most soldiers never plan for the future because they are feeling that the army will take care of them. An earthly army can feel, but the heavenly army cannot feel. Praise the Lord. Today, I also want to do a communion service. And this communion service is such a way that I have seen Satan try to harass people. I've seen Satan try to destroy people. And for five years, I have, I mean, where we're coming from, we never used to do communion in the morning. Whenever I travel abroad, anywhere in the world, they do communion I take. But, I mean, it wasn't doctrines for me. But as we're about to do the 50th anniversary, I felt the Lord leading me to say that, you know what, you are freed from the past and lead my people into a new realm of righteousness. And therefore, one of the first things we're doing is to do this communion. By the grace of God, this communion is the fact that he would, in he, um, Exodus chapter 12, from, from verse 11, Exodus chapter 11, the Bible talked about the first communion that took place, that God said to, what they call it, to Moses and to the Israelites. He said, this is my last card. How many of you know what the last card is? How many of you used to do last card? How many of you used to play what? A card. The joker is the last card. The communion is God's joker. After God had given nine plagues, he wanted to destroy the gods of Egypt. It was the communion he used. I'm believing God that everyone that partakes of today's communion, any power that's held them bound shall be broken. Amen. Believe it or not, all the gods of your father's house shall be broken this day in the name of Jesus. But not only that, you understand, the communion is a spirit. Because it's the blood of Jesus. And the Bible says that by the eternal blood, you understand that the spirit was released. I'm believing God that as God's blood, as God's, as we partake of tonight's communion, um, today's communion, praise the Lord, forgive me for using tonight, you understand, I've always used tonight. As we partake of today's communion, every sickness in anybody, as the Lord God of Israel live it, that sickness will disappear in the name of Jesus. The backbone of failure. Look, if you look at his, uh, what do you call it, um, Exodus chapter 12, the Bible says that God said, and I will destroy the gods of Egypt. Slavery was not just a philosophy. It was a spiritual bondage. And therefore, even when they left Egypt, the spirit still followed them. But there was a day that the power of slavery was broken. And it was broken on the communion table. And God said to the people of Israel, He said, you will do this for remembrance forever. Today is one of those days that we will do it. I'm believing God that every second Sunday in the month we will be doing a communion service. And today's own is just to break the spirit and the gods that's held anyone bound. No, look, let me tell you something. Today, the judgment that... I, Recently, I was sharing with someone and I said, I realized, I mean, I, uh, I was rabbing at my sister. I realized that 
I will call this person and say, where's the pain now? Where's the pain now? Where's the pain now? Where's... I just said to her, I said, do you have a, do you have a problem with in your family? You understand? You know, don't know me. I said, if, if you don't address this, prop, this, this, this thing, it would attack people. And people will not know what's going on with them. But there's a day that the gods of a land shall be judged. And I'm believing God that today is that day that we have come to judge the gods of this land in the name of Jesus. We have come to judge the powers that have held people bound. People, the powers that have held people on one spot is what we have come to judge today. Portersville, today is not an ordinary day. And I ask you to please rise up as we partake of today's communion in the name of Jesus. Pastors, please can you help me share them? I also need one. Praise the Lord. Eh? Eh? Yeah, praise the Lord. Before you open it, on Wednesday we read something that the Lord reminded me of this morning in Revelation chapter 5. So, praise the Lord. Revelation chapter 5. Verse 4, it says, And I went more because no man was found worthy to open the book, neither to look therein. Verse 5 says, And one of the elders said unto me, Weep not. Behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah had prevailed to open the book and to lose the seven seals thereof. Figuratively, I believe that this communion table has a seal that you, with your hands, will be the hands of Jesus. And as you break the seal, you will see the bread on top. And everything that has caused you to weep in life shall be destroyed this morning in the name of Jesus. I don't know if you heard the amen. Anything that has caused you to weep shall be destroyed in the name of Jesus. Praise the Lord. So as the seal is broken, you will see the bread. Have you broken the seal? And I'm saying that everything that has caused you to weep, you will no longer see them in your life any longer. Now if you're online, please, whatever it is, please take the bread and oil and wine and we we'll do it together. The same spirit that is here will flow into that spirit and wine too in the name of Jesus. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. But please trust me, any sickness by the grace of God, as sure as the Lord Almighty liveth, he who called me, no sickness will remain in your body again after today in the name of Jesus. Amen. And he said, the Egyptian you see today, you shall see them no longer, no more forever. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. And, beheld, and I beheld, and looked in the midst of the throne and the seven four beasts, and in the midst of the elders stood a lamp as it had been slain, having seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God. And he took up the, what, the seal. He said, Thou art worthy to take the book and to open the seal thereof. For thou wast slain and redeemed us unto God by thy blood out of every kindred and tongue and people and nation. And had made us unto our God kings and priests and we shall reign on earth. By the grace of God, you shall begin to reign from today. Yeah. In the name of Jesus. Yeah. So how many of you today, so this is the wine, uh, this is the bread. 
Then we can also break the seal of the wine. Have you done that? So that every one of us are in agreement together, I want you to open Exodus chapter 12, or, or the, or what do you call it? The, um, uh, what do you call it? Um, sorry, the multimedia. Exodus chapter 12, please. And the Lord said unto Moses and Aaron in the land of Egypt, This shall be the beginning of months for you. It shall be the first month of the year to you. Speaking unto the congregation of Israel, saying, In the tenth of this month, you shall take them every land. Okay. Now, let me go to where I'm going to. Your lamb shall be without blemish. And I'm believing God that this is also without blemish. Okay. Now, listen to verse 12. For I will pass through the land of Egypt this night, and I will smite the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both male and female, and beast. And against all the gods of Egypt, I will execute judgment. By the grace of God, for everyone of you here today, I want to execute judgment against all the gods of your father's houses. Every god that has said you will not rise up in life, I want to execute judgment against them. Every power that has kept you in perpetuity in one space, today that power shall be broken in the name of Jesus. Every infirmity, every sickness that's kept you in one pause, anything that's passed your life today, that power shall be broken in the name of Jesus. Amen. And on the night that he died, he took the bread. After he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body. Break it, eat it in remembrance of me. We'll take the wine together. And after you take the wine, just begin to speak in tongues. See if you can speak in tongues. And begin to go to God. And as I speak in tongues and I make this declaration, the spirit of God, the spirit of healing, the spirit of joy will come into every life present here. In the name of Jesus. It's a day of executing the judgment of God against the powers that's held anyone bound. The powers that's held anybody in the same position. The powers that stopped you from moving forward that stopped you from going higher in life, the power has not made you to be a desirable person in life, that power shall be judged today in the name of Jesus. In that same manner, he said, this is my blood. After he had given thanks, he broke it. I said, it's been shed for you. This do in remembrance of me. In the name of God the Father, Amen. and of the Son, Amen. and of the Holy Spirit. Just speak to God this morning. Speak to God this morning. And by the grace of God, every sickness, every infirmity, every infirmity, every infirmity, every infirmity is here by church in the name of Jesus. Are you not the Lord God of Israel? Are you not the same God yesterday, today, and forever? Are you not the Lord God that healed thee? I say, execute your judgment against every God that has had any of your children here bound all this while in the name of Jesus I declare your freedom I declare your freedom in the name of Jesus in Jesus 
Jesus name we pray today I pray for every one of you that as I have taken over the blood whatsoever has prevailed over your life before has lost its power in the name of Jesus no more shall sorrow prevail over your life no more shall sickness prevail over your life no more shall stagnation prevail over your life in the name of Jesus I pray for you in the name that is greater than every other name that you will get out of every pit every pit, every land that is, there is no refreshing in the name of Jesus I pray for you that your story will change supernaturally the same way that the story of the children of Israel changed, your story changes today in the name of Jesus today there shall be an encounter over your life that will be forever that can never be annulled in the name of Jesus every force of your family force of hell that said that you will not rise today they declare liars I declare your rising I declare your lifting I declare your speed in life I declare your freedom this is the Lord's Passover I declare your freedom in the name of God the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. We hope you've been blessed with this message. For more of such life transforming and destiny impacting messages, follow us on all of our social media handles on Facebook and YouTube, Pottersville. On Instagram, the Pottersville Church. Thank you and God bless you.